How do social entrepreneurs and small businesses create an authentic brand people love so they can get the edge they need to stand out, create predictable revenue, and compete against the big guys? That's what we're here to discuss. I'm Adam Force, the founder of Change Creator, and this is the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show today. Uh, if you missed the last episode, it was with Joe Sanak. Um, we talk about um, working less and earning more so you can spend time doing what you love. Um, you know, he had a lot of really great insights, and he's the author of a new book, which we talk about there. Um, but he did share lots of good tips and insights and just kind of like the perspectives around that. So it's a great episode just to kind of get you thinking on how you want to spend your time, how you want to shape your business, right? Um, kind of talking about this four-day work week, if you will. All right. So, um, yeah, check that out if you guys haven't already. It's a good one. Um, Joe's a pretty cool dude. So today um, we're going to be uh, having a discussion uh, with Tom Schwab. So Tom Schwab is actually the founder of a company called Interview Valet. Um, and so what they do is they help uh, entrepreneurs like you and, and me, and they take you on as a client, and they help you get on other people's podcasts, right? So... You know, just like a lot of things, you might hire someone to do your ads or whatever, and it takes a lot of time and energy and, you know, figuring out the emails and, you know, creating your lead list and reaching out. But getting on podcasts is a great way to bring in business, whether you're a service uh, business and you have a high ticket offer or you're an e-commerce business. Um, but there is legwork involved, like anything. And sometimes, you know, if you can afford it, you can reach out to a company like Interview Valet and they could take on that kind of work for you, getting on several shows per month. Um, and it can go a long way. You know, we've, I've done very well getting out on podcasts and having people then come to us after, because you can really kind of connect with people. It's a great medium for them to get to hear you talk and share your expertise and kind of get to know you a little better so they're more comfortable to reach out. So this is a really valuable conversation. He's going to share some insights and lessons and, and tips about uh, that guest podcasting process. All right. Um, there's a lot you get out of it. You don't, have to, you don't have to become a customer there, but maybe that's the path you go. Maybe you want to hustle and redo all the outreach uh, yourself, right? Either way, it's a great marketing channel. Um, and it may take the cost of your time instead of money, or you pay someone like, like Tom and his company and you invest just like it may cost you a thousand dollars per, for ad spend on Facebook to get, you know, a $5,000 client. Um, you can spend a couple bucks here, get on a couple of podcasts and you might be able to get one or two clients and that return could be much bigger. So I thought this was a great conversation and it's, it's part of getting your brand story out there. All right, so guys, let's jump into this conversation. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate it. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Tom, welcome to the show today. How are you doing? Adam, I am thrilled to be here. I'm excited to have you. Yeah, um, you know, I've actually worked with your team um, quite a bit. I get, you know, a lot of outreach and stuff. <laughs> and um, so it's cool to talk to the guy who's the, the brains who started it all. And um, I think there's a lot you could share about the podcasting world. I know that people listening 
um, and running their businesses. They have a lot of questions and unknowns that maybe we can help them kind of get clear about these things. So before we get too deep into it, um, I just like to give it a little background, but I like to know like what is exciting with interview valet today? Like what's, what's going on and then back me in, how do we get there? Yeah, to me, I'm most excited about the conversations we're having. You know, my theme for the year is one conversation away. And uh, now more than ever, we can do these conversations digitally, right? Um, I think if there's one good thing that came out of um, last year was we saw that we could still connect you know, digitally, right? I'm in, I'm in Kalamazoo, Michigan. If I can do it from here, you can do it from anywhere. Yeah. And really that's, we've been doing podcast interview marketing, helping thought leaders, you know, authors, coaches, brands, nonfiction authors get on podcasts since 2015. It's been fun. When I, when I started back then, I'd give my elevator pitch, you know, that, that pitch with the, we all practice and people would go, Oh, What's a podcast? And then it happened about uh, two, two and a half years ago. People stopped asking that. So it's really become a norm here. And I'm just excited about the connections and conversations we can make. I, I believe that every business's biggest problem is obscurity, right? No matter who you are, what you offer, there are people that would buy that product from you right now, the way it is, version 1.0. The only problem is they don't know you exist. And so often I I think we're all trying to A-B test this or change this or all the rest of that. And, um, uh, you know, if we could just talk with the customers, they'd tell us what they want and uh, they'd probably be buying it from us too. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, and and it takes a little bit of creativity and tenacity to find your people out there. And, you know, I, you know, we have these conversations all the time because everybody wants the uh, direction of, well, I need traffic. How, how do I do that? I'm like, well, you can pay for it or you can hustle for some organic. And, you know, there's it, they want this direct answer, but there's just so many creative ways. It's up to who your audience is and how you like to work and how much content you're willing to produce or I, I, there is no specific answer. <laughs> you know? and, and the answer that people have could either be dated, right? What worked for them a year ago may not work today, or yeah. it might not work for your market. I, I, I can remember, oh, my uh, youngest daughter, when she was in middle school, you know, she's 21 now. She came to me and said, dad, you need to be on Instagram. And <laughs> I said, well, why? And this was a number of years ago. She goes, because everyone's there. <laughs> and I said, define everyone. And she said, well, me and all my friends. Well, my customers were not on there. At that point, it would have been creepy for me to be on it. So really, it's, hey, it's not. Uh, yeah. Um, so with that, really just looking at saying, what lessons can you learn? And I can say, yeah. even um, even this discussion today, don't say, is Tom right or wrong? Will this work for me? But just with everything. Yeah. What, what of this can I learn from? What of this can I apply to my business? That's it. That's exactly it. And I, I always try to get involved. Like when I'm coaching with people in our programs and I work with clients and stuff, it's a conversation that I always pull forward. It's like, don't get so hung up on the tactical like approach, whether it's a workshop, a, an email strategy or whatever it is, it's the principle behind it that makes it work, right? The strategy, the thinking and stuff like that. So I don't care how you 
do it. It's just like, make sure the business principles are intact and that you have a strategy behind it, you know? Yeah, so you're spot on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's tough. Cause you know, we all look for those quick, we want quick wins. I don't want to, I don't want to do all that and have to wait months to start seeing the traction and all that stuff. But that's kind of what it takes unless you're willing to pony up uh, some cash. Right. So, so tell me, you know, why you decided, I mean, wh- why did you start interview valet and let's just, let's just start from there. Well, the backstory on that is my last company um, used inbound marketing and we were the first um, case study for a company called HubSpot. We were the first e-commerce, yeah. e-commerce case study. And basically the idea was inbound marketing was using content to attract, engage and delight customers. So that back, you know, 15 years ago, one of the best ways to do that was guest blogging. So instead of <laughs> yeah. instead of me writing a blog and it being seen on my site by three people, you know, my yeah. wife and my mom included on there. Well, you would take that a blog and you would put it on a guest site, right? Yeah. Tap into where your audience was. And maybe that's Wall Street Journal, Huffington Post, yeah. the idea of leveraging other people's platforms. So built that company up, sold it off. And uh, in 2015, I was in my, what I called my sabbatical phase. And I was in a mastermind group with a, a few people. And they said, you know, could you help me with my digital marketing? And I said, I share what I know, but even in 2014, 2015, blogs weren't working nearly as well. Mm. And so I hypothesized that you could use podcast interviews today, just like we used to use guest blogging 15 years ago. Right. And it worked so well, Adam, that at first I thought, no, it's got to be the personality. It's got to be the niche. Because a good blog will convert one to two percent from yeah. visitor yeah. to lead. On podcast interviews, we were seeing conversion rates of visitors to leads like twenty-five percent, fifty percent, and it was amazing. And also, the people that were doing it were having a lot of fun. Uh, to me, I'd rather uh, I've written a lot of blogs in my life, but they all felt like homework assignments. Whereas talking <laughs> yeah. is easy. So with that, um, I started to tell people about it. Um, I wrote a really cheesy book that I was just giving away. Um, I did a course that I never took out of beta because the people that were honest with me, right, just said, I understand what you're trying to do here, but I want to be the guest. You take care of all the rest. And I'm like, oh, that's a good tagline. So we started to beta test um, Interview Valet, which is a done for you um, service. Uh, we started to beta test that in the end of 2015. Uh, and then we launched it in 2016. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, so that's exciting and you're right. I mean, there is a lot of power in being a guest on other shows. I mean, we talk about, I mean, here's the business principle, right? You don't have to just write a guest blog post, right. Or, or whatever else it might be. You, the business principle is you need to get in front of other people's audiences. And today being on these podcasts has been an extremely powerful uh, strategy and it could be a lot more affordable than getting, you know, running paid ads on Facebook and things like that. And I'll give you one example to prove your point, which is 
I was on a podcast for um, someone who helps uh, food entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And just from that one podcast, I've probably made at least $15,000 because people just would be like, and I didn't even really promote myself in a way like, like, Hey, come do bit. And it's just like, Hey, they, I just get random like notes on Facebook or email. They found me. Hey, you know, I heard you on this thing. Uh, how, how can I work with you? What can we do? And I was like, Oh man, I think I have something here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and from, you know, I, I feel bad about saying this because you're doing so much work, right? Because anybody that tells you doing a podcast is easy has either never done it or never done it well, right? It's like football players on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I want to work two hours and make millions of dollars. Well, there's a whole lot of work that went into that. Mm -hmm. So if you look at, you know, I'm an engineer by degree. So how do you get return on investment? You either get more out or you put less in. And so from this, you know, experience, I'm showing up here after the interview, I'll go on with my day. Whereas you're going to be going ahead and editing it, um, promoting it, putting it out there. So yes. with that, it's like the, the guest gets so much benefit from it, but has to do a, a less amount of work. So from that standpoint, you know, people will ask me, why don't you have your own podcast? And there's a place, there's a place for that. But to me, it's like uh, being a guest is the way to go out there and get new audience, get new leads. You know, when you have your own podcast, that's a great way to nurture your yeah. clients, yeah. to nurture your current leads. I agree. Cause I get, you know, a lot of business through my own podcast as well. So there's value there, but I think you make a really good point. And it's something we talked about before we started recording this session. Um, and I think people listening, you know, this is so important. It's, podcasts are amazing, but they do require a lot of work to be done well. Right. So if you think like, Hey, I love talking to people and I'm going to start one. It's great, but do it at the time in your business when you have the resources to support that, right? It's it's really tough to do it on your own. And if you're not making money, right? It's like, that's gonna all of a sudden, that should be your number one focus if you're not making money yet is to make money. Because if you're not, you're gonna spend all your time doing this podcast, which you're like, oh, I'll get sponsors. Yeah, it'll be a while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you will not be Joe Rogan uh, by next year. No, no. And I, I think there's misconceptions about how easy it is to build up an audience, get sponsors and do all that stuff. You know, you got all these guys like Johnny Dumas and stuff and they get a lot of money from that. But they've been doing it for a long time and um, they have a lot of a lot of following. So and it's almost like what we talked about before, trying to figure out what they're trying, what, what you can learn from them. So, you know, um, yeah, they were in a different market at a different time. It's almost like yes. me asking, yes. asking you, um, or you, me telling you, Hey, I went to the grocery store. You need to always go to line two. Line two was the, was the <laughs> shortest line for me. Well, it's a different market that you went to and a different time. So why not learn? Why did it work that way? Um, what, what can I learn from this? Yeah. Uh, so from that standpoint, and the other thing about a podcast, it's a commitment, right? Yeah. Most podcasts that die, die within the first 10 episodes um, <laughs> right now, you'll hear the number out there. There's 2.4 million podcasts. That's true, wow. but there's a little asterisk around it. There's 400,000 
that have actually published in the last 30 days. So a lot of people <laughs> started them, especially during COVID and, you know, no judgment there. But with a business, you need to be very committed because if you come out and say, I'm starting this podcast and my business and everything and next quarter, somebody says, well, how's your podcast going? And you're like, oh, I killed that off. <laughs> well, it can that podcast can become a an embarrassment more than than a marketing effort. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. Wow. I didn't realize that there's over 2 million, but only 400,000 are publishing in the last 30 days. That's an interesting statistic to uh, marinate. (laughs) I mean, mean, that just says a lot right there to, to people who are listening. It's, you know, so, you know, unless you have audio editing skills and you know how to do these things and you can do it quick, I mean, you can literally publish uh, uh, an episode in an hour or a week, but you still have to do all the marketing. And if you want to make it work for you and grow, there's you have to put business energy behind it. Right. So so it does take a lot. Now, I want to get into the guest podcasting uh, space because obviously that's your specialty. Um, So tell me when. When is the right time for someone to think about being a guest, right? Do you see different caliber of entrepreneur who maybe they're a little more successful as a guest? Or do you think that anyone starting their own business right out of the gate? Or, you know, like I'm just curious on what you think about the timing factor. I think there's different reasons to be a guest. So some people will start early and use it as market intelligence. So for example, um, we worked with a fractional uh, CFO um, and he decided that he wanted to diversify. So he was in Long Island. All of his clients were similar in 2008 and he almost got wiped out with that. So he came to us and he said, I want a client in every state and I don't want two clients in the same industry. Oh, okay. So we started to put him on all these different podcasts. And then we looked at the data and we came back to him and said, you did amazing on that dental podcast, right? Look at all the leads you got from that, the customers. And he goes, oh, I love dentists, right? Um, And for the next three or four months, all he did was dental podcasts. Now, Adam, guess what? His business now focuses just on dentists. That's his whole uh-huh. practice. And so for him, it was a little bit of market intelligence. Okay, I see that. Other, other people may start just for the goal of building their brand or their, uh, um, their website, right? So you've got somebody that left the corporate world they put up their website, there's no SEO value to it, right? Nobody knows them. If you Google them, it talks about their last life, not their current one. So they may go out and just do a campaign or a series of podcast interviews just for that reason. Okay. Other ones will say, I've got a new course coming out. I've got a new um, book coming out. And they might do what we call as a guest storm. Do, you know, do a lot of interviews in 90 days, have them all drop around that same time period. Last year, we helped four authors um, hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. That's what they did with that. The vast majority of people are using it really as a long-term brand builder, right? Exposure brings- It is. Yeah. Okay. I like that. So like, if let's say you have your brand established, 
um, you know, we talked about have business principles. Like, so you have your strategy, you have a brand established. So maybe you are an author and you're, you're behind a certain message or a narrative and you're, you're sharing something. And uh, I like the approach of kind of doing this as a long-term play to create visibility and strengthen your brand equity. Right. Because you are building brand equity when someone Googles your name and all of a sudden the first two pages of Google searches, you're interviewed on all these different podcasts like that builds a lot of uh, credibility and brand equity. It does. And thought leadership in there, too, because you're the ones that are out there having the ideas. People are quoting you. And with that, you know, it's it's not just do it a few times and stop. It's an ongoing campaign of getting yeah. out there. And I think if you look at and di- try to dissect it, you see a lot of people doing that. You look at Seth Godin, right? Seth Godin always has this rhythm going yeah. where he's got a book coming out and he promotes the book, but then it's almost like he's starting to talk about the ideas for the next book. And as he's working on it, and it's in some ways, it's a little bit of a pre-sell, right? Yeah. That you want yeah. to get that next thing there. So always being out there. Um, the other thing too is, I noticed last year in COVID, there was some people that sort of went dark, if you will, right? Yeah. You just yeah. didn't hear about them and they lost their their influence. It, it doesn't stay forever. It yeah. starts to decay after a while. If people don't hear you for, for a period of time, they're like, uh, are they still around? <laughs> so being out there and having those continual backlinks and continual social media mentions by somebody else can be so, so powerful for the yeah. brand. And, and that's the two you're get, not only you showing up in searches and you're uh, getting in front of audiences, but they're typically putting up show notes and you're getting a backlink on the website. I mean, now you're creating synergy with your organic strategy. So even if you're paying to get on those shows, there's an organic effect from the search and from the backlinking. And I just had this conversation on call yesterday because you know, some of the the entrepreneurs are like, well, I just want to focus on this one thing. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I get that, but maybe you got to think about your marketing as the one thing, because there's synergies when you're, you have a routine of doing certain things. Like I go on podcasts as a guest and I share on Facebook. And when people are looking you up, these things start working together. You know what I mean? I remember years, I remember years ago, I remember years ago, our, we got more leads in one day than we typically got in a month. And I started asking the people, you know, where did you find out about us? And they're like, oh, Neil Patel was talking about you on his podcast as an SEO strategy. Ah. And we've got some people that actually just work with us for the backlinks. And you'd you'd ask them, you know, do you want to be on Tim Ferriss's podcast heard by 2 million people? Or would you like to be on an undergraduate podcast from Harvard Business that or Harvard um, that that gets 200 downloads per episode, the smart people will go, oh, get me on the one that says harvard.edu in the backlink because that is gold, right? And so uh, we do that. You know, uh, you could go on a, a community college. Um, you know, your lo- local Kalamazoo Valley Community College, you go on their podcast. You just got a backlink with a .edu. EDU. Go on some government podcast. .gov, you know? yep. Yeah, those things are gold. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's that's great. I mean, if you're listening, I hope you realize the uh, power of these ideas because 
there that is another perspective on how to think about a podcasting roadshow as a guest, right? And you know, I know John Lee Dumas recently had his book come out, the the uncommon, the common path to uncommon success or something like that. Yeah. And um, I was checking out some of his stats because he's open, openly shares them. Right. And I, I looked at him like, holy cow, like he was on as a guest on other shows over 120 per month for like the first four months of this year to promote his book. But, you know, you think about that and like, that's more than one a day. Like you're on multiple shows a day, you know what I mean? And so when I talk to people who I coach and stuff, I'm like, you know, I talk about getting as a guest, just like we are here for interview LA, right. To be a guest on a show as a, as a marketing strategy. And I'll be like, what do you think is a lot of shows to get on in a month? And they'll be like, I don't know, five, six. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> let me show you what entrepreneurs like this really do. Like that's hustle. You know what I mean? There is, but I, I, because a lot of times we, I was talking with somebody the other day and she wanted to get on a hundred shows in a month. Okay. And I, I pointed out and there was no reason for it. It wasn't like a book launch. It was just, okay. she thought she would have this massive exposure. And I said, well, more is not better. Better is better. And you know, yeah. um, what are you doing? Why don't you do more with the interview than just doing more interviews? Great point. Right? And, yeah. and I've been personally on over 1200 podcast interviews. Um, the vast majority of those did not move the needle early on. You know, I didn't know better. If you had a podcast, I would go on and, and talk about anything. And a lot of those were like those shows that died in the first 10 episodes. The <laughs> hey. other thing too, is that if you're doing, you know, an interview a day, chances are you're not promoting that to your audience. Um, also it can start to get like groundhog's day, right? So when somebody, if it's, if it's John, if it's uh, uh, Tony Robbins, any of yeah. those, when they're doing their book launch, no matter what podcast you hear them on, what radio station, whatever, it's the same talking points. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. so it becomes that. So it's really hard to repurpose that content. It's hard to um, use that in other ways. Whereas if you look at like Seth Godin, a lot of times his interviews are so much different. And so with each one of those, mm -hmm. he can repurpose it. Um, and, uh, you know, and he could use that for different things. So I think there's different mm -hmm. ways to do that. One is do groundhog's day, drink lots of caffeine. And <laughs> I've, I've heard, uh, uh, Tony Robbins does this where, you know, he'll give every, um, every radio station, you know, 10 minutes, and he's there, he's a machine, you know, 16 hours straight. He'll be up there every 10 minutes on a new station. Yep. So that's one way to do it. Or um, try focusing on, on key strategic podcasts. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be said for that. So it's a, it's a good way to think about it because um, more is not always better. Right. And, and you have to know really what are the bones of the show you're getting on? Like, is that really going to move the needle for you? Um, maybe they only have a hundred downloads a month. Like you, uh, you have no idea on some of these, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that the hustle where Tony and John are doing a bunch I get it for a road show getting as they're not promoting all those, you know what I mean? They're just mm -hmm. getting out on their shows. But I think for a lot of people who don't have teams to do marketing and all that stuff, being strategically selective, like I do outreach 
for our business, right? Where I'm like, hey, and I will, instead of just hammering a hundred people a week to get the play the numbers game, I am more thoughtful where I learned this just doing it because I used to do the the abundance approach. But now it's like I'm going to be really selective and find the perfect people who I think would be great like fits for business. And then when I email them, that email is so much more powerful and so much more like genuine because I really do think it's a great fit and it usually works out much better. <laughs> now, one of one of my rants, if you will, and it was something that we talked about at Podcast Movement last month was no pitches, just introductions, right? Mm. Because pitches to me are like this, you pitch a baseball, you pitch an inanimate object, you introduce a human being. And so many times, um, uh, People will go and say, you know, well, I can automate this. I can do everything. Well, Adam, I get pitched to be on my podcast probably two to three times a day, right? The only problem is I don't have a podcast, right? But everybody loves it and wants to be on the show. And um, I think podcasters can spot that. Or, you know, we all have known, you know, it's getting on LinkedIn where somebody reaches out and uh, they reach yeah. out to me and say, you know, we help healthcare companies like yourself, I'm like, yeah, I'm not a healthcare company. If you looked at the, at the picture, um, I'm probably not the uh, the spitting image of health. Right. Uh, so they're just sending it to everybody. I, you know, I get a lot of that garbage, too. I'm like, gosh, I'm like, I have people asking me if I need help with like website and branding. I'm like, you know, that's like what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's pretty funny. Yeah. There's a lot of that templated, just like that's the quantity game. They're just firing off as many messages as possible, or they have some VA with templated emails, just powering through, but you do have to put some thought into it and, and really know if this is a good customer. I agree. I mean, it drives you crazy and you don't, and you just end up pissing people off at the end of the day too. Yes. So tell me a little bit about like, I have, so I'm going to ask a question for one of my clients to see what your thoughts are, because you see lots of different people in different categories, like becoming guests. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to want to know, like, are there certain categories that are tough? Like there's not a lot of shows, but one of them is like contractors and, you know, um, the medical space. So just for example, one of the guys I work with, he does prototyping. And he creates prototypes that help people. So it could be the medical space, could be contractors who are doing different things and they need specialized tools that they come up with because they do all this work and they're like, oh, if I could do it this way, it'd be so much better for my patient or my client or whatever. Are there shows that have audiences of like those types of medical people and contractors and stuff like that? Very much so. Uh, about a year and a half ago, we worked with a consultant um, that her big thing was working with just like you said, medical people with do medical devices, um, how to bring those to market with the FDA, uh, okay. a lot of times with physicians, with, um, you know, inventors. And she stopped working with us just because uh, uh, she started a family and was scaling back her business. But there's mm, something, yeah, yeah. something for everyone. I think where people get where podcasts won't work for them is a few things. One, if there's really a low lifetime value. Right. If if you're just if if every client is worth two dollars to you, 
they probably don't really need to know who you are, right? <laughs> so like if I'm selling a coloring book or a fiction book, there's no lifetime value there. So that's where we've seen it's tough. The other one too, is if somebody is very geographically focused. Right. So I'm in Kalamazoo, Michigan here. There's a, a friend of mine that puts in amazing like home theaters and stereo systems and all the rest of that. And I remember him asking me about um, podcast interviews and I'm like, it wouldn't work for you, right? Because you could talk on a podcast and if the people don't live within 50 miles of Kalamazoo, they're not a good, a good fit. So you may right. get a lot of leads, but they're not going to turn into customers. Mm-hmm. Those would be their um, uh, ones. Um, the other ones that we see doesn't work if something is very, very timely. So I'm, I'm selling tickets to my, my concert in, in Chicago, you know, in you, you name the month. It doesn't work that way because right. you think about it, most podcasts, you record them. Um, even the, uh, the studies say that 80% of the podcast gets listened to in the first 30 days. Right. So it's not like radio. So those are the areas that it doesn't work. But, um, you know, with even with 400,000 podcasts out there, there's something for everybody out there. There might not be 100 podcasts, right. but if there's only 20 you know that the entire industry is listening to one of those 20 podcasts if they're listening to shows. Right. So for anybody that's into the podcasting, yeah, those are the ones they're going to be listening to. So you can probably get out there. And even if you were able to uh, get on, you know, half of them, you know, that's 10 shows and 10 audiences. And I, I just, from what I've done and what I've seen, it only takes one or two shows to bring in some clients and a lot of money. And then you get from those clients, you get referrals and you get renewed business. So like it can domino pretty good. Yeah. When we start working with people, we tell them do at least a dozen shows. Yeah. And they're like, well, how many shows does it take to get results? I'm like one, right? <laughs> it's like how many times do you have to be on television to become a multimillionaire? Mm-hmm. Just one, just, just go on Oprah's show and you know, your business takes off after that, but you've got to do a lot of work to there. And also, cause sometimes you don't know what the show that is. And your first interview is not going to be your best one. Right. So get comfortable, get comfortable with it. Um, Go out there and exposure brings opportunity because somebody might hear you, you know, here on, on Adam's podcast, but then they'll forget about you. Yeah. Right. We get busy. And then all of a sudden a month later, they hear you on another podcast and they're like, that's the guy I wanted to reach out to. Yes. That I'm so glad that I found him. Right. So sometimes it's just that repetition also. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And so I'm curious now, I think you mentioned it earlier because I did ask this, but just uh, tell me again for people listening. Um, because I don't, I don't know how much your services are. We don't have to get into money or anything like that. But for earlier stage entrepreneurs, are you usually working with people who have been actively selling? Like they're a little bit further along. Like, is it a who's it affordable for? I'm just trying to give listeners a little bit of a gauge. Uh, to me, it's you know the return on investment, and you know uh, this is the twenty what twenty twenty one we're talking here. Uh, I, I intentionally tell people don't mention prices because if somebody hears it three years from now, they're yeah. going to be like, but I, I thought it was this. Yeah. I always look at it as return on investment. Right. So sure. uh, um, I think of one time I was working with a uh, talking with a chief marketing officer. 
Yeah. And we went through it all. And then all of a sudden their CEO came in and said, hold it. Let me get this right. He says, if I go on a podcast interview, I just have to sell one of these things in order for it to pay for it. And the the CEO, the CMO goes, yep. And he's like, and we've got a monthly recurring revenue. So next month is pure profit on that. He's like, yeah. He says, well, what other marketing channel do we have that will spin off that much? Yeah. Or the, the other thing he said is if, if, if I can't get one person to sign up when interview valet gets me in front of thousands of ideal customers, every interview, he says, you need to fire me. <laughs> not interview valet because he he says either I'm lousy as a spokesman or um, you know our product is lousy. So yeah. I really look at sometimes just saying what is the what's the value of a customer? How much can I afford to invest to get a customer? Then the other thing too is how much how much capacity do I have? Right. Yeah. So if you're a solopreneur and you've got one opening you know, for whatever it is, a, a consultant, uh, this is probably not a good thing for you because that one person may not come for two months, but you might get, you know, a half a dozen and then you can't serve those. Right. So I think being able to scale up to that um, and match matching your marketing to your capacity. And in, in some of that, you have to be forward thinking, where do I want to be six months from now? Not where am I today? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always tell people, you got to know your numbers. What do you need to get out of it? What can you, what's your capacity for operating and all that kind of stuff. So it is a good way to look at it. Meaning, you know, you make a sale or two, it pays for um, the service and obviously you get the exposure, you get the backlinks, you get everything that comes with it. Um, on average, I, what do you see as the number of shows people are on average um becoming guests on in a month or so. Typically we advise our clients don't do anything less than two a month. And the reason being is if you do it less than twice a month, you're never going to get comfortable with it. Right. Um, it'll be like reinventing the wheel every time. Yeah. Then the flip side too, is that if you're going to do this long term, I would say don't do more than on average one a week. Right. And okay. people will say, well, I, you know, I, I want to do one a day. That's what you say right now. But <laughs> uh, the world is going to get busy. We're going to hit the holidays. You're going to do something or worse yet. It's going to be a chore. Right. And uh, none of us. Well, very few of us are good enough actors to just phone it in. And so once no. again, I say uh, with that, uh, the, no matter who you are, where you are in your business, I guarantee you that the most valuable thing you have is time, right? Yeah. That's the one thing you can't get back. So instead of just doing, you know, um, uh, two interviews a day that don't move the needle, find one a week and make sure you get more out of that interview. Um, right. And and sometimes just the talking, oh, that's the fun part. That's easy. <laughs> but don't think if it just talk, you don't follow up, you don't have the systems in place, you don't promote that, you don't repurpose it. Um, you might have some fun, but you won't get results. Absolutely. Awesome, Tom. Listen, I appreciate it. So where do people go to learn more, um, get involved? Maybe they're looking to become guests on some shows. Where do they go? Yeah. You know, just go back to interview valet with a V.com 
forward slash Adam. I'll make a separate page there. <laughs> There's a couple things we've got. One, it's a it's assessment. 10 questions, answer them really quickly, and it'll give you a score from one to 100 of will podcast interviewing work for you and some suggestions on how to improve your results. Other thing is I wrote a book uh, called Podcast Guest Profits, How to Grow Your Business with the Targeted Interview Strategy. I, I sell a lot, but I give more away. So if you want a copy of that, a free copy, just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash Adam. And then finally, if any of this resonated with you, uh, if you're like, man, I know that I could, I could help people that, you know, I could reach them if they only knew about me. And, and you think podcast interview might be a, a way that you want to do that and uh, see if we can help you. Just go back to interviewvalet.com forward slash Adam and all of those things will be there. Awesome. Well, listen, if you guys are listening and you made it this far, you got those links. If not, they'll be in the show notes and all that fun stuff. Uh, Tom, thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate you sharing everything that you shared. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for tuning into the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. Don't forget to stop by changecreator.com for more information, fresh articles, content, and our services if you're looking to build a brand that people love. And please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate your support.